and welcome to another episode of Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Hashtag Girl Boss, and author of Nasty Galaxy, a beautiful, fully illustrated and linen-bound full-color book with everything from how-tos to a trip inside my house and the closet to Q&As with different girl bosses who inspire me. You can reserve your signed copy today at NastyGal.com book. On this podcast, I interview a different woman who's carved out a path for herself. We trace her from her first job to how she got where she is today to extract solid advice for our listeners who are doing the same with their lives. To stay in touch with all things Girl Boss, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Girl Boss. You can sign up for a newsletter, Girl Boss Diary, by going to girlboss.com, and you can follow me, Sophia Amoruso, at Sophia Amoruso on Twitter and Instagram. That's S-O-P-H-I-A-A-M-O-R-U-S-O. I hope Girl Boss Radio helps you achieve your goals, or at the very least provides some amount of inspiration for you. So what I ask of you is to help me achieve my goals. You guys, if you like our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and share your love on social media. We've made it to the top 100 on iTunes, but we aren't there every week yet. And with your help, we can get there. Today's guest is Whitney Wolf, the founder and CEO of Bumble. But first, Liz Carey is back on the show. You can find at the Liz Carey on Instagram. We'll be talking about the highs and lows of our week, our girl boss moments, and of course, your girl boss moments. So, hey, Liz. Hey, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Always okay. Pretty good. I got to tighten my headset to my small head. Hold on. Oh, my God. How is it does, on the smallest? How can that even be tight on your little know. peanut? I don't know. You've got a, I noticed you're into baseball hats lately. Oh, uh, yeah. My weave is growing out. You're on a baseball, you're on a softball team. No, I'm just like Kardashianing it for a I second. I like it. I like it. Thanks. Thanks. I feel smart because this hat is from the Whitney and it says the Whitney on it. So if anyone didn't know that I'm cultured, now they do. Now they do. Nothing mm-hmm. says culture like a baseball hat. <laughs> oh. Oh. So we have something to celebrate. We made it onto the top 100 <laughs> podcasts on iTunes. What up? Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, it fluctuates. So we were there for a little bit and I don't, we're not there Did right now, out? but who knows? By the time this podcast airs, could be number one. We could be number one. We could be in the Booyah. top 10. Fresh air. Let's see what happens. Sorry, Terry Gross. <laughs> Are you do- are you doing a shoulder dance? I did a shoulder dance. My back hurts. I exercised it, and now it hurts. I haven't exercised. And it feels like it's a problem, but I think it's like supposed to hurt before it yeah. has some strength or something. My body feels like the consistency of French toast. Oh, ew. Mm-hmm. See, a- very good adjective. You smell like it too. No, I don't. I smell good. So what else is up? I watched the Billboard Music Awards last night. That was interesting. I watched a little bit of it with you on FaceTime while I watched Shaws of Sunset. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. A lot of education there for We've me. Really, this podcast is really, We've really down bottomed. We're talking about television now. <laughs> we bottomed Sorry, out. Sorry, guys. There's other podcasts for your pop culture <laughs> needs, but we're going to throw in a little, you know, a little cultural relevance. We don't. We don't. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all need to melt our brains sometimes. Well, I feel like yesterday was just one of those days where it was Speaking just, of brain melting. Yeah, not good. The Bachelorette is on tonight. Oh, that's right. But, it, it, you know, by the time this goes live, it'll have been a few days since we've met all of the <sighs> eligible bachelors. They get out of the limos. I can't wait. Oh, man. I like JoJo. I like JoJo, too. Um, My w- son thinks I should be the bachelor. Um. 
That would be weird. It'd be weird. No. What else? Why am I so branded? Oh, I've been. Sh- oh, I went to the David Lynch. Oh yeah, how was that? Center for Transcendental Meditation yesterday and got a little briefing on that whole thing. And I've been through that whole program. Uh huh. Yeah, you, she knows so much more than I. No, than I, I just happen to have done the program. Yeah, because she's been in LA her whole life. Uh, no, I'll um, just try anything to get my head right. Yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> keep you keep really on that should. journey. <laughs> Good luck, Liz. It's like a horse galloping. <laughs> Keep all no, it's like a donkey. All. Like it's like a donkey, like napping. <laughs> uh, it was cool. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go through the program. I'll keep you guys updated. TM is cool because it's like, I mean, it's an ancient tradition, but there's no, there's no religion associated with. It. There's no ohms. There's none of that. It's just something that is actually just a workout for your brain. It is. Um, it's really good. And I, my brain needs a workout, and yeah, it just forces you, yeah. forces the front of your brain to work more. Yeah, and, and your brain wants to look good in a bikini. If you've this ever season. heard me speak, you understand why that's important. So, <laughs> remember when Kabbalah was the big oh thing? Oh my God, Madonna! Wait, so I, listen, I just have like. Did one. you wear a red bracelet? No, so I go the first. I'm like moving back from London to LA. Everybody's everybody's got their red string, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, oh whoa, whoa, God. whoa! I need my red string. I go with my friend who's a hairstylist and my other friend who's a photographer, of course. And what happens to me after my first Kabbalah class? I get hit by a fucking car. <laughs> oh, my God. Kabbalah. Yeah. Kabbalah. I never. Do you like my sound I, I like your sound effects. I never went back to Kabbalah because I felt like it was crap Allah. <laughs> that sounds pretty crappy. I don't know what made me think of that, but um, that's my anecdote. We no, could just, what else happened this week? I feel like a whole lot of stuff um, happened. I worked on my TV show. You worked on your TV show? Yeah, I worked on my TV show. You had a tra- tragedy in your life. I had life. a tragedy. Another one. Well, a real one. And I get that was yeah, sort of going to roll into my moment with that. But I guess I was going to say, like, <clears throat> we all sh- have to realize that everybody drives like maniacs. Everybody's reading books why they should be driving. And they're texting and driving. And I'm not going to get into the details, but yes, I did lose a really good friend of 33 years of age on a motorcycle. He was only 33? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So we all have to just be really mindful of appreciating our friends and making sure they don't making yeah drive under the influence. Or just, or just drive motorcycles yeah. at all. Just don't drive a motorcycle. Just being very careful. Not even driving under the influence, just people... Being careful on the road, watching what you're doing, all of that. But also, it's really nice to not. It's always nice to see how fast people rally around, because I think in Los Angeles, a lot of us don't have our family here, and our friends essentially become our family. So I've sadly had two of my friends uh, like taken from me very early this year, and it's always our group of friends that um, come to. To support and, you know, bring yeah. food and comfort and a place for everybody to be. Because I think people feel really displaced that first few hours. It's, like, very shocking. But we don't. Anyway, we're here to pump it up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> sorry, well, guys. Well, how do you follow that? Um, Just by appreciating your friends. Oh. And saying hi. We're hugging. Ew, her pit is my so stinky. Look at, look at, look at, my hand is wet. I don't know why I'm so sweaty. Oh, my God, Liz. God, and you're like naked. How can you be sweaty? Know. Look, I have goosebumps from your sweats. Just Something's creeping up me with out. Me. 
So what's going on with you? Um, working on the pre-order campaign for Nasty Galaxy. So we're going to start talking about it more. Okay. Nasty Gal is going to talk about it more. We're going to have pre-order sales for it on our website because I've been telling people to go to Amazon until now, which is like, why would I do that? By tuning in. What else is going on? Had an awesome meeting with Netflix. <laughs> oh, good. I've read more of the scripts. This show is going to be, like, so funny. Good. And I can take no credit for it other than just being, like, a total clown myself. Yes. It's such a star team. Like, the writers working on on Girlboss are, like, so primo. Kay Cannon, the creator and showrunner, is so talented. She's she's movie funny. She's really funny. And it's just so funny to read stuff, some of which did happen and some some that's made up like conversations about things that did or didn't happen either way just it's like so funny to be reading that I, script and like laughing out loud like in bed yeah. by myself being like i'm gonna be watching it's this. nice like, that you're laughing and you're like happy about it you know tell me about your girl boss moment this week on the heels of tragedy finding how great my circle of friends is and knowing that if anything happened to me god forbid how fast everybody moves to laugh and just comfort kidding. one another. And yeah, it was just within hours, everybody was where they needed to be and just never taking for granted that I have really good friends. Yeah. That's a good girl boss moment. So. My girl boss moment, I think, is just being 31 days alcohol free. Yeah. Oh, and I kind of stopped having dairy too. That's pretty Did good. You? Yeah. So yeah. each week we ask our listeners of the podcast which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere Stitcher, po- Stitcher anywhere podcasts are found. Um and we ask you guys to tweet in and Instagram in your girl boss moments and that's just hashtag girl boss moment. And a girl boss moment is the time of your week. I mean it could be your year, but a girl boss moment is that time where you really feel like you're in control of your life. And doing something great for yourself can be Applying for a job that you never thought you would possibly have. It can be getting that job. It can be quitting a job. It can have nothing to do with jobs. It could be giving yourself a bubble bath. It could could be just buying some bubble bath. (laughs) Not eating brownies um, out of the garbage again. Stuff like that, you know. (laughs) Follow Girl Boss on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And... Tell us what your girl boss moments are by using hashtag girl boss moment. Sarah Louise at Kisara Sarah. Oh, I get it. Kisara Sarah X from Liverpool, England says, I just backed into a parking spot for the first time ever. I've had a driver's license since I was 10. Is that how it works in England? How are you even tall enough to drive? I have an English driver's license. Sarah, we don't know about you, but thank you for listening. (laughs) Trash Baby at Tori Borengasser, who actually supports our podcast. I was going to say, wait a minute. Tuned in and said, finally found and fixed the leak that's been causing problems with my garbage disposal (laughs) for weeks. Good job, Tori. Hashtag girl boss moment. Hashtag don't need no plumber. Yeah, because they're butt cracks. Sid Rain at Sid underscore Rain. At Sophia Amoroso, I won an award slash scholarship and confidently presented my winning work to a room of peers and professors. Girl boss moment. Pretty cool. Ooh, Lizastrous says, Oh, I like that. Name. Just filed articles of incorporation for my adventure company. Gulp. Girl boss moment. Cool. 
So articles of incorporation means that she became a corporation, which is a good idea if you have a business. Good. Yeah, very good idea. Christine Goose at Christine Goose. Got a work visa and a job in NYC after 1.5 years. I'm going to go ahead and call that one and a half years of hustling for it. Hashtag girl boss moment of my life. Good job. Wow. Goose. What a cool name. Goose. Holly Royce got dumped for being too ambitious. Instead of being sad, I told him where to stick it and said he wasn't ambitious. Oh, no. Getting girls getting dumped for being too ambitious. I like heard of this. I've heard this. of like women being too ambitious for like guys because it threatens them. It's crazy. Good. Mo- that's a good one. Who gets Ooh, dumped? Kay Cannon. It's not her. Ooh, really? Yes. Kay Cannon. So Kay Cannon, as I said before, is the creator and showrunner for Girl Boss oh. on Netflix. Such a huge talent. And she said a Girl Boss moment of Christian Ditter, who's the director of the show, who also directed How to Be Single. And I checking out the girl boss stage. So they actually have created like cardboard or like styrofoam models of her bedroom. And he's been like angling the camera in it to see like how that works before they actually build like a proper set. It's really fascinating. So thank you, Kay. Thank you. At Manda G underscore G E E says, I took advantage of the only perk of being 25 today and scheduled my first car rental (laughs) for work. Congrats! That's pretty. It's kind of a big deal. I yeah, mean, I can't believe you have to be twenty five. Like you can to do, rent a car. Oh yeah, yes, that's right. Insane. Gotta I been living in one. That being like an issue for so long. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Sophia. You smell. You stink. Okay, bye. Let's get to the interview. Whitney Wolf always makes the first move. As the founder and CEO of Bumble, Whitney's startup made headlines for its unique approach to the dating world. Using a modern-day Sadie Hawkins concept, the woman initiates the conversation on the Bumble app. But this isn't Whitney's first dating startup. She also co-founded Tinder and worked as their VP of marketing. We're so happy to have her in the studio today. Thank you for having me. Um, so I want to go back to the beginning um, and just talk about where you got your start. Did you – what was your first job? Was it before – I mean, not career job, but like – Like job, job. Anything. So I was always kind of crafty and imaginative to the point where I think my parents thought there was something wrong with me or I was just annoying. I was always like, oh, I have a new business idea. I have a new business idea. You know, I was like Googling how to start an LLC at you – know, 15 years old and always wanted to be in meetings with my dad when he would go to work-related things. So I always kind of had this running joke because, as we all know, young young girls are not usually encouraged to be, like, business-esque at such a young age. You mm-hmm. know, do cheerleading or do a, do something like that. We're which, changing that. Though, yeah, exactly. Girl Boss Radio. A hundred percent. That's the it's whole true, point. though. No, it is. It it's is. so important. That's why what you're doing is so important. Thanks. And it, it really, I think it resonates with, like, not only the young working age girl, but a much younger one as well. So you're a huge inspiration. Way to go. Thanks. But, yeah, always just kind of crafty. My first real job, real paying job, was actually at a tech incubator here, which oh. is was working for an app called Cardify and Tinder, which was not Tinder at the time, was a, a side project that they had um, a couple of the guys had done in a hackathon, and it was very much just a sleeping project. And then when one you know one door closes, another one opens. Our project we were working on wasn't really taking off, so it led us all the 
four or five of us to say, hey, let's take a look at this thing over here in the corner. And that turned into what is now Tinder. Wow. And so you studied international studies. Yes. How did you end up working at a tech incubator? Great question. So I actually wanted to go to the advertising school at SMU, and they denied me, which was probably for the best because I think when you study something like international studies, you focus so much on humanity, not like, hey, how do we hawk something to someone? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, how do we understand why this culture does what they do? And how does one thing affect another thing? You know, it's this like huge, really psychological, important sociology thing, you know? And it was this intersection, and I think you understand this better than anyone in the world, where, you know, kind of fashion meets tech, And where these traditional industries that young women are so interested in kind of started to meet tech. Mm -hmm. So magazines, you know, all my girlfriends want to go work for a big magazine. Well, these magazines were getting digital. So when I graduated college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to be a travel journalist, photographer. My dad was like, well, good luck to you, kiddo. I don't know how you're going to pay rent or how you're going to eat, but, you know, figure it out. (laughs) And then I said, well, I want to start this other company and this other company. And my parents were not the type of parents that were willing to, like, let you couch surf. And so I, I really needed to go find a real job. And through friends of friends, I was introduced to that kind of crowd at the tech incubator. And and that's where that started. Did you ever dislike your parents for being strict with you? And now are you glad that they were? Yes. I mean, I hated my dad all through college because he would (laughs) literally let my electricity turn off if I didn't have an extra $19 to pay for it. But I'm so grateful for it now because it made me get thrifty. And I do this now. I follow the same formula at our company. Like, we could have a bigger budget for certain things, but I, I don't let our team have it because I think when you have less, it makes you get more imaginative makes think and more. makes you uh-huh. get crafty. And instead of just paying someone to do it or paying for the upgrade here or there, you have to create it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's a great way to start and a way to stay because I've seen we, – we've done we've done a lot of that and we're back there now. But once you give people those budgets and take them away, Mm -hmm. that's really hard. (laughs) It is. That's so true. It's so hard. (laughs) You can't really take it. It's like you've got to just like stay on that line. Uh Um, It's hard to kind of revoke that. Totally. So you don't hate your dad anymore. No, and I was just kidding. I never hated my dad. I've always loved my dad. He's great. No, he's a smart businessman. He wanted us to understand how hard it is to keep your lights on. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that every person should know. And you know, being all of us are fortunate, we're all, you know, here in America, that alone is like a massive kind of voucher of good fortune. We're so lucky. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of us do, especially when we go to these American universities where people are learning about things that are not necessarily like day-to-day life things. And you've talked about this before. And it's hard to understand like what it takes to just like get by in life. Yeah, just like what days do I have to feed a parking meter? Ex- exactly. You know, so, how long can I not pay a parking ticket? Exactly. No, all like, these things. What, so what happens when I sign a lease with a landlord? Like what do I need to look oh for? God. I know, like, right? How do I not get screwed? Leases. And how do I like – anyway, those are all the questions that I want to answer someday for our listeners. No, just, but like, they're What if so I want important. out before my lease is up? What's like a you know, snazzy way of doing mm-hmm. that so that it makes the landlord's life easier? Right. And like, you know what's funny? Have you noticed that it's easier to go get yourself into – I've been 
you know, lucky enough to not fall into this trap. But so many girlfriends of mine have like, you know, department store card, credit cards or like credit cards for this or credit mm-hmm. cards for that. But then they don't know how to pay their rent. And it's like they make it so easy to be a consumer, but it's mm-hmm. so hard to actually be a consumer of the things you need to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And understand how to manage that. And, and mm-hmm. it can be very simple. So your first job was basically at Tinder, which is amazing. How long were you there and what did you do when you started there? What yeah. were you up to? So that was my first like paying real yeah. employee yeah. paperwork job. But with Tinder, so we all kind of nurtured this side little project, which ultimately, you know, changed and grew and then turned into what is Tinder. And so I am a co-founder of the company mm-hmm. and I was the VP of marketing there for two years. So all sorts of things. I mean, that, you know. It, How did you figure out marketing? So you studied international studies, then you went to an incubator, and then you wound up working at a dating app. Mm-hmm. What do you do to cobble together, like, the first thing as a marketer for the first time in your life? Was there someone leading you? Were you asking advice? The whole team was kind of leading the whole team, if that makes sense. You know, there was a lot of us trying to figure out how do we get this thing off the ground. Mm -hmm. And I tell the girls on my team, most of the employees, and we're a team of women, a lot of my young girls are, most of them are under 25 years old, and 80% have no experience. But they get it. Mm -hmm. They do have experience because I can see it in their eye and I can hear it when they talk. You know, I've sat down with some women that have 15 years of marketing experience and they don't quite understand what maybe this 22-year-old girl understands because she gets how the campus ticks. She gets how people think. She gets how to tap into that set of individuals. And it's not always about what, you know, the textbook has to say. It's Mm -hmm. what you like understand from reading people. So I had no experience with marketing. I think I've always been a marketer. I think it's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I never really realized it was like a job. It was just kind of how I operate. How would you describe marketing? I don't know. I think it's a way of thinking and doing. I think it's not... There's two different types of people when it comes to like a marketing mind and a non-marketing mind. Someone that basically cares about certain things and spreads that care onto others and tries to convert people to care about that thing as well, whether that's, you know, a pack of gum or, you know, selling icicles mm-hmm. uh, or, I mean, what is that or saying? Or raising whatever. awareness for AIDS. Any, anything. <laughs> you know, AIDS I mean, if you are passionate anything. about a product or a cause or anything and you have the ability to connect with others and get them to care as well, that's called being a marketer. Absolutely. I agree. I want to just have our listeners understand what Bumble is because it's such an incredible concept. How long ago did you start it? A year and a half ago this June. Okay. And how would you describe Bumble? So Bumble is a very simple concept. It is a way to meet others, but it really turns the rules on society's head. So women make the first move. When a woman is matched up with a man, the man is unable to contact her. She has 24 hours to make the first move. And this is something that is beyond just like a tech gimmick. This is very important and it, it's very deep rooted into, you know, my passions and things I've lived through in my life. also has the guy kind of like sitting on the edge of his yes. seat, maybe for the only time in his life. Literally. Because guys don't fucking do that. Nope. And I, it's the worst. I know. Even when and you're married to them. No, I know. Like, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So this really like encourages a young woman to just go after it. I don't know if you ever lived through this, but I can't tell you how many times in college I had a crush on a guy or I thought a guy was cute and I would text him and my friends would be like, 
you just committed the ultimate sin. Like, what mm-hmm. have you done? You texted him first. Like, you're supposed to just, you know, like, touch your hair and yeah. blink and, w- and wave across a room. Exactly. And hope, hope and pray that you're worth talking to. Right. Like, no, just like, thank fuck you. That. Fuck that. It's so old-fashioned. smile at people across the room. No. <laughs> exactly. It's just so, it's so outdated. Yeah. And it's so needed for something to come in and say, like, enough. And also men, it's so funny. And I'll just go through this really quickly. So I don't, you know, blabber on too long, but there's this really interesting little video that someone made on like YouTube or Vine. And what it is, it's a woman in the street approaching men, hitting on men and then men hitting on women. And the reaction is insane. It's like a psychological thing to really think about the dynamics. So when, when the woman goes and approaches guys, they're so flattered. They're like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for coming up to me. I'm actually married with kids, but I just want to thank you for Uh doing that. That really means a lot to me. (laughs) And then you see the guy hitting on women. He gets slapped. He gets told to go fuck himself. Like, you know, like it's Uh this reaction that we're all kind of raised with. Well, it depends on how – yeah, we're probably been wired by people who don't know how to do it very well. Exactly. So it really turns things on its head, and it's been really exciting to see – how it's going. The brand itself is really evolving and women love it. They've made the first move over 50 million times now. Wow. So it's definitely That's catching on. M- women making moves. That's right. And so moves. women are making moves at women can date men. Can women date women? Yes, absolutely. And women can also befriend women, correct? Correct. So okay. we have a new feature. It's Bumble BFF and it is essentially the answer to every young woman's prayers because, you know, we all move around. We're busy. I mean, how many hours a day do you work on average? I mean, insane. I don't right? know. But do you I, time and to I, go hang out with your girlfriends? Also, just talk. What am I going to do? Walk over to another girl and be like like a kindergartner? Like, no. Hi. No. I don't know how to. I mean, again, we talk about being an introvert all the time on this podcast. And I, I do think that we all owe it to ourselves to actually make connections in real life but so much of us connect online Mm -hmm. and having something like bumble to help us i think is really powerful so you know over a million girls have tried the feature so that's exciting how many users do you guys have in total five million and it's just an app right it's just an app yes okay how do you market an app because for a lot of people, they'd be like, I don't understand. Does an app have a billboard? No. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But if you look at it from the other side, a free app, you're giving something away to someone for free. I always say that to the team. I'm like, you guys, we're not trying to get anyone to spend money or buy something. You don't have to prove results. It's not a face cream. This is, this is the easiest game in the world, giving someone something for free. Like, no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. And the beauty of an app is that you don't have to go anywhere to get it. Your phone is in your hand 90% of the time. So it really requires minimum effort on the consumer's uh, their end. And it's fun because you can market anywhere. I mean, I, I can send our team or go myself. I can't tell you how many sorority tables I've stood on and screamed. I'm like, l- they're probably going to ban me from colleges. <laughs> I'm like a psycho. The first thing you do is you identify your key user base. Who Who do you want to have this app? Do you want everyone to have this app? Do you only want women to have this app? Do you only want, you know, 25-year-olds to have this app? So you have to start at who your target audience is. And then from there, you say, how do I get them, right? Well, where does a 22-year-old female hang out? Well, she that's a bit old for college. Okay, 20-year-old females at colleges. Let's go to college campuses. 
Let's create marketing material that will resonate with that age group and that demographic. So maybe if you're in the South, you make different type of marketing materials than you would here at USC. Mm -hmm. You have to be in tune with your audience. And I think that's kind of where that international studies degree came in such handy because it teaches you how to understand people. And that's really all marketing is. It's mm-hmm. not about empathy, right? It's it's all about empathy Speaking and it's into all the listening. Absolutely. It's so important to understand people in that in that way and if I don't understand what a woman wants, how am I ever going to get her to buy my product or use my product? You cannot. It's impossible. But, you know, it's just easy because you're tapping into something that's so personal to them anyway, which is their phone, and you're just adding value to an experience they're seeking anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how did you get your first users on the app? So I would say our first 500,000 users really came from two groups of people, the college age group and the young professional group. We held mixers all over the place. You know, come and meet other young singles in your neighborhood or your area or in your network, right? Um, and we hit the college campuses really hard. And I will say that there was not some big, big grandiose marketing campaign around all of this. There really wasn't. I mean, we're talking grassroots, small. I'm a huge believer of the influencer within one degree of separation to me is so much more powerful than the influencer four degrees of separation away from me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to, you know, Jessica, that girl on campus that I've always loved her style. I'm going to care so much more about her than I might a A A-list celebrity because that's unobtainable. I'm -hmm. not going to be able to be that A-list celebrity, right? So you have to really think about who matters to who. So we did a lot of, of these kind of big fish, small pond campaigns where we identified the the big fish in these smaller ponds, and we did it all over America. Mm-hmm. Who matters to the girl in St. Louis? Who matters to the girl in Denver? You know, we, we didn't say, let's just get the biggest blogger in L.A. and New York mm-hmm. because – you're going to miss out on a huge... Well, they're hawking so much shit. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God, you don't even... This water. They were paid to drink water today. You know, mm-hmm. it's just insane. Mm-hmm. So... Were you paid to drink that water you're mm-hmm. drinking right now? Really? I was. I am sponsored by... Um, Are you serious? No. <laughs> no. Earth Bar. The Earth Bar. Oh, cool. No. Cool. I'm just, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you got yeah. it all figured out, Whitney. No. Yeah. The day uh, I get a water bottle sponsor, the day yeah. you know I've made yeah. it. Yeah. The way you can, I mean, or just sell water. Sell water. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. Is there a reason you did an app instead of a website? Yes. I mean, it's all mobile. I think probably in the next few years we will... I think things will go much, much more in the mobile direction. And it's different for different industries. Whereas if it's retail, like I don't shop on my phone, never. I will online shop. Like if I'm ordering, and Mm -hmm. I do order from Nasty Gal all the time. (laughs) If I'm ordering from Nasty Gal, I'm not, I'm usually doing it from a computer. You know, Mm -hmm. got my credit card app, whatever. The whole thing feels different than just swiping through people, right? So it's a, it's a different experience. Yeah. Well, I've heard you're an advocate for anti-bullying. Where, yes. Where did your passion for that come from and what have you done? So I've always been passionate about that. You know, I'm definitely not going to say like I was a victim of bullying. You know, that's that's not something I lived with as a young girl. But there were the mean girls. I mean, if we've all seen the movie Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all had the mean girl mentality. And I think that that's more damaging than we realize. You know, you don't necessarily need to be beat up on the playground to be a victim of bullying. Mm-hmm. I think bullying is quiet. It's sometimes 
interpreted however you feel it took place, right? So these young girls that, you know, even so much as leave you out of things consecutively, you know, that's a form of bullying. And young girls do this to each other all the time. Absolutely. Young girls are mean to each other. And I'm passionate about doing something to kind of change that attitude. I don't know why that's the cool thing to do. I think it needs to be more about being inclusive and kind to one another. And so the bullying thing really became something I cared very much about when I did leave the last app. There was a lot of media surrounding my departure, mm -hmm. and some of the articles were so horribly damaging to my, like, mental state. They were just so hard to read. And the comments that followed, like Twitter, mm -hmm. the things that were being said on Twitter, I mean, they ripped me apart. I mean, wow. they were so mean. And these these are strangers, people I've never met before yeah. saying these things. And I really looked in the mirror and said, okay, well, I'm okay. Like, I am a big girl. I can handle this. But is this what 13-year-olds are dealing with today now with their phone? Mm -hmm. They have Twitter. Yeah. They're actually the biggest user base for Snapchat. I mean, is this how it feels to be a teen in the digital world? Scary. And that was where I got extremely fired up about doing something in the digital space to create online accountability and reduce bullying. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've gotten more shit because you're a woman? Yes. I mean, the <laughs> names I was called are not names that men get called, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, it was all about my physical or about me interacting. You know, how women are, you know, devils, the way they use their bodies to do these things in the world, how to get ahead. And it's, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I love your body language. Yeah. Here. Like, it's so like, this is so fucking it's bullshit. So fucked like, it's so up. Good. <laughs> But it's funny because, you know, you look at a man. And I guarantee you, take a handful of men that you consider have made it or have great careers, they will have done X, Y, and Z. They will have done this. There would have been this saga. There would There's have been so that. There's so many fuck-ups along the way. Oh, my God. But they're like no, – Nobody drags them through the mud. No, and they yeah. get called like, you know, rock stars and like uh -huh. they're very cool for going through all that, you know. Uh, a lawsuit for a man probably or a great this female publicist. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but I feel like men really come out the other side in this like James Bond way. Mm -hmm. And a woman that goes through things that involve any form of what society perceives as scandal, most of them don't come back from it. Mm -hmm. So just so our listeners in the loop, Whitney filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against Tinder, which was later settled, which she can't really talk about, but – in the context of bullying, I think this is really interesting because it. I, I know that she's dealt with so much shit. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with people saying negative things about you who didn't know you? I mean, I've read stuff like, you know, if you're ever on like Yahoo, like finance or Yahoo, even for mm -hmm. something positive like promoting a book, yeah. the comments are insane. Oh, they're nuts. Um, people have like, so much you, time. How do you deal with that? And do you think it's made you stronger? I mean, yes, I do. And I think it definitely made me weaker for a certain time period where I was so not insecure, but questioning everything. Like, am I misrepresenting being a woman? Like, are these things real, what people are saying? And it messes with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, I know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. I know what what is and what isn't. And you know, I think when you're doing something that challenges the status quo, you will be met with a lot of 
shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. For, uh, Especially lack if of you're a, a girl. Yeah. So I think if you believe in what you're doing and like with Bumble, you know, I cannot tell you how many people wrote like, oh my God, some stupid feminist started this. Okay. Google feminism, idiot. And then, <laughs> and then maybe think about this comment again yeah. because you have a mother. We, you were born. Mm-hmm. Like this is a joke. You know, yeah. people are just so stupid when it comes to understanding the importance of just treating each other as equals, right? I agree. But yeah, it's made me so much stronger. And I think it's made me really come to understand what it means to be a woman a bit more. And granted, I'm only 26 and I can't say I You're understand so womanhood to its full extent. No children, none of that stuff yet. But the point is, I definitely had to kind of get thrusted into understanding like feminism and the importance of standing up for yourself when, you know, people are saying mean things in the media. You have mm-hmm. to just be confident and, you know, yeah. float through it. Yeah. What would your advice be to people who are getting shit on social media? Just like ignore it? Or do you ever think engaging is a good idea? No. I think if you engage with someone, you've just given them everything they wanted. People want attention. If someone is feeling that bad about themselves that they actually have to take to a digital platform and put you down, that person has way bigger problems than whatever they're saying about you. If, say, they're talking about your bangs, their problems are bigger than your bangs. I can promise you that. You know what I mean? Your bangs are beautiful, by the way. Oh, they're... I didn't... I don't well, know. I just, they like, are beautiful. I would say, you know what? Just ignore it. And I've, I've the most valuable lesson I've learned over the last few years, their opinion doesn't really matter. No, it like, doesn't. What's it going to do? If you actually look at it, you're like, oh my God, so scary. But what? What's it going to do? It can't arrest you. Like it's going to live can't and die kill you. on some garbage forum or in like Who cares? 100 comments that no one's ever going to read. What's next for Bumble? Networking, building out, really essentially the meeting space at large. We don't want to be a dating app per se, right? We want to be this platform that provides you access to people that you want to meet for whatever you want to meet. I'm not looking for a date. You know, I'm in a happy, happy relationship, but that doesn't mean I don't need new employees maybe down the road for a role that we don't even have yet. I would love to have an app to help me find that without having to comb through a LinkedIn for seven days. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really just opening up the meeting space and helping you connect on every level. And so that's really where we're going. And, you know, we want to just empower women and, and through that we'll empower men. Do you believe in balance? No. <laughs> I what, don't know. What's yes. a normal day like for you? Like, what do you do when you wake up? Okay, so here's the thing. I want to believe in balance really bad, but I think I'm – I just don't think I'm good at it. I don't think I don't think it exists. A know. normal day is not – I don't know a normal – I don't even know what month we're in right now. May. Okay, well, April didn't happen, so nope. no. Um, no, I mean, do you believe in balance Mm-mm. for – No. I believe in trying to do things that make your, you feel good. Yeah. But I'm, I'm never like, this is, if life could just be like this forever, then I would be balanced. Yeah. Like, no. this is the moment that all is well. And right. the second you think you have it figured out, you realize you don't have anything figured out. That's the 100%. one, that's the one thing I've learned. It's so true. And I don't think forcing yourself to feel guilty about not sticking to a routine is healthy either. Like, you know, if we have a workout routine and you you miss it three days a week because you're on a phone call, I don't want to live through that guilt of like, oh my god, my balance is off. You know, like, well, you're 26. Just wait till your body turns 32. No, no, <laughs> this, the amount of stress kidding, I've I'm gone kidding. through in the last four years, I'm like, my body is 55. It's like really bad. Yeah, make that 10. So, <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy. Anyway, do you travel a lot? Yes. 
do you have any travel tricks? Yes, I do. Um, you've got to have a huge bottle of water before you get on the plane. Like I'm talking like chug it until you feel nauseous because otherwise your skin, everything is off, your sleep. It's all about the water. Even if you have three glasses of wine on the airplane, <laughs> <laughs> the water before the flight is is the trick. And those wipes, um, Lysol wipes. But Ooh, from the yeah. Honest Company, I like those because they're not with toxins. And you've got to wipe it down. And Otherwise, stuff smells better than that yeah. like jelly. You will gel. get a cold every time you travel if you don't wipe down your seat. You just don't know what's going on in there. Yeah, I see that. I've I saw someone do that once. Like take mm-hmm. the hot towel. And, oh like, yeah. Wipe, wipe it down. Shit down. And I was like, that's really uptight. But I'm gonna start doing it. It's so it. good. And then yeah. you don't get sick. Yeah. Last question. Okay. So I ask all of our listeners every week to hashtag. To tweet and Instagram and hashtag girl boss moment. And a girl boss moment, I don't know, it's kind of like a Hallmark moment or something. It's the time in your week where you felt like you owned your life and your future. And it can be, I gave myself a bubble bath or I launched my company. Whitney, what was the time in the last week that was your girl boss moment? Actually, it's really funny you said bubble bath. I have not had time to sit in a bathtub for more than like two minutes. I took a 25-minute bath and actually fell asleep and woke up and did not have 5,000 emails. And I was like, I'm winning. Life is great. That's nice. This is great. That's a girl boss moment. Yeah, that was my girl boss moment last week. Whitney, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You are the ultimate, like the coolest in the world. So thanks for having me. Thanks. That was another episode of Girl Boss Radio. We'll be back next week with Emily Weiss, the founder and CEO of Glossier and Into the Gloss. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Kristen Meinzer, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the Spotify app, Google Chrome app, or anywhere you find podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. Thanks also to the band Phases for our theme song and my husband, Joel, for our interstitial jam. I'm Sophia Amoruso. I'll see you next week. Girl Boss.